Welcome in. I hope that you've had a good week so far and that your weekend has been going well. Today's stream is going to be a little bit different. We are going to be here with my friend Sid and we're going to be talking about how we live with chronic pain what that means to us. Uh, today specifically, we're uh, focusing more on invisible disabilities and the spoon theory. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in my friend Sid. Hello, Sid. We are live. Hello, L&D and hello, L&D's audience. How are you? I am well. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty All right. Good. I've been looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing one thing here. And I need to grab this thing over here. But yeah, so we've been sitting down and talking about this for a little bit. I've been really excited about this one. I've been really, really excited about this one. So let me transition over. And poof. Going to do my little blurp. So as I mentioned before, today's stream is going to be a little bit different. Uh, the two of us are going to be focusing more on chit-chatting with each other. Uh, just know that I love and adore and appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for being here and spending your time here. Like that really means so much. Um, on that note, let's dive in and maybe discussing maybe what an invisibility, uh, invisible disability is first. And then we can do a little bit more on the, sp on the spoon, the spoon theory that I have lived by for a very long time at this point. Sure. Totally. Um, yeah. So... I think with this conversation, so like last time we talked about um, dealing with ableism and bullying with regard to chronic pain. Um, this is a topic, the spoon theory and frankly, invisible disabilities um, as a term itself that I am super unfamiliar with it. I know that you've, you've been, like you just said, going uh, using spoon theory for a, quite a long time. So I, I did read about it. I, I kind of love the whole message and i know that we'll get into more in depth later mm -hmm. um but would you mind kind of kicking us off on invisible disabilities your thoughts and, and then i'll just kind of jump in where i can yeah so like an invisible disability is also known like a hidden disability or something that's non-visible so i have more than one myself so i have a spinal injury which i've talked about a fair amount uh, from a work-related accident one of the other ones that i actually happen to have is adhd uh, which means that my brain just is wired a little bit differently. I see things a little bit differently and I process information, information a little bit different as well. But the disabilities aren't necessarily immediately apparent and they're typically um, a chronic illness or a condition and it just significantly impairs what someone's normal activities of day-to-day -day living would be like. So for example, like for ADHD and dyslexia as well, like trying to sit down and read something could be a lot more challenging where someone else can just be like, oh, I am going to read this quick article. Yeah, okay, I've retained the information. This is great. Where someone who has like ADHD or dyslexia, first off, will take like forever to be able to try and like, okay, I need to sit down. I need to relax. Okay, I need to read. Okay, I, I'm distracted by this. Thing. And like just being just that entire trying to get prepared to read this thing can be really time consuming, frustrating, right. um, and a whole hurdle that most people don't necessarily have to, to jump over to be able to retain information of a thing. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, you know, to, to point out the fact that 
you know, it's in, invisible is kind of vital to the the discussion that we're about to have with spoon theory, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, what's the famous line from Spoon Theory? You but you don't look sick. Exactly. Exactly. And that's true. And I mean, you know, obviously we don't we can't all wear our crap on our faces or, you know, as far as like what it is that's going on, but you know, in the in the in a moment where someone is telling you something and then their response is you don't look sick it's um yeah that can be truly demoralizing very much so and also isolating and dehumanizing as well being like oh well you don't look like you need this extra help or you don't look like someone who uh and without even meaning to say this look like you're dumb right 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 (laughs) And we've yeah. talked we've talked about this ourselves, like just even like self perception of how we talk with ourselves can be really difficult sometimes. And like we have really been trained in this what we were talking about last time, this like sort of ableist view of being like, oh, we should be able to do that. Yeah. Because I don't look sick, therefore I'm just totally just making this up and like I'm just doing this for attention type kind of thing and just like completely spiral out of control when really you just need a little extra help, need a little bit of extra time. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And and with, you know, with regard to, you know, the um, the conversation that we were having about, you know, things that we say to ourselves that don't work or are harmful, you know. Thank you. Harmful. Harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were having that conversation before stream. I mean, that's just something that. Yeah, literally before stream. I may or may not have yelled at you. Perhaps twice, even. <laughs> Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Not saying <laughs> it did or didn't, but odds are. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get out of. It, it's hard to get out of, honestly. It, it's mm-hmm. something, you know, I have carried with me for a very long time. Um, it doesn't do anything productive at all you know in, in any moment so yeah it's definitely some uh something i have to be cognizant of to not do and there are moments where you know a friend of mine like our pal lnd here would uh would catch me and uh call me out on it mm-hmm. and i i call it a lot of people mostly because i struggled for years mm-hmm. talking to myself that way and where, like, at first I would be like, oh, I don't actually believe this thing that is a terrible thing to say about yourself. But the more you say it, the more you internalize it, the more you internalize it, the more you think it's real. Yes. And the more you can try to convince other people of it, too. Right? That's that's something that I, I don't think we've really talked about with that. I know we're getting a little off topic here, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it does kind of feed into the larger picture. It does. Um, is, is you really do... I do, I should say, because, again, it's all about saying I versus you. Um, I try to convince others of it. So I, I guess it's like, mm-hmm. I, I think in moments like that, I'm just trying to set the bar as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I, as your friend, recognize that because it is something I struggle with and make sure to call that behavior out and being like, hey, do you want to try that again? <laughs> yes yes you may say it a little bit more um aggressively yes <laughs> in like the nicest way possible but aggressively yes <laughs> yes exactly uh it might be uh, excuse me 
sir. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Excuse say? me, sir. Mm. Oh yeah, you know it's you know you're in trouble <laughs> when it's a sir. <laughs> when I suddenly get the mom voice out of L and D. Uh or, or the, the cool or... aunt. The cool aunt voice. Okay. Yeah. We'll the cool that. aunt voice for sure. Uh yeah. L and D you sound like a radio Oh, thank you. Those really sweet jabbers. Love, 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 love. On a Rubik's Cube, hello. Um But yes, um, one of the other things that I have brought to the stream a bunch, and actually I think I've taught you a little bit, is the spoon theory specifically. One of the things we want to do today is actually sit down and read it. Because, again, because it might be a little bit much to read all in one go, having someone read it to you might be a little bit more attainable. Absolutely. Mm, Fancy that. Yeah. I I said words. You did. They did. oh my goodness i love it Uh, yeah same here and i'm glad that we're doing this as well i know i've mentioned this before i look forward to this podcast and i like sitting down and like figuring things out of what we're going to do it is a wonderful exercise and i think it's also a really important one too i don't think that we talk about adults who live with chronic pain and like the isolation that causes especially when it's invisible especially when you were sitting there in excruciating pain and everyone around you has no clue right right and like being able to even start that conversation can be painful well and it often is because it's 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 acknowledging stuff right whoever yeah. wants to acknowledge anything i have a good example of where i thought i was keeping my pain invisible from those around me and I really right. wasn't and I was um you know how I gently call you out on stuff my friend used to do that with me as well mm-hmm. <laughs> in the nicest way and gentlest way possible <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so we were grocery shopping at a place that's called TNT it's an Asian uh, East Asian uh supermarket here in Canada I love it it's amazing it has so many different things and at the time, I was still carrying around a backpack that kept, like, all of my, like, my meds, uh, my wallet, keys. Um, I don't even think I had a cell phone at that time. Like, this is mm-hmm. pre-cell phone L&D time. And my friend mm-hmm. looked at me. I was purposely leaning against one of the pillars because, like, my my pain was skyrocketing. And I was like, okay, if I can just get some of the weight off of my body, lean against this this pillar I can continue on going forward and I'm going to be okay and my friend looked at me being like take that backpack off right now you are not okay we're going to go sit down now and we're going to take a rest I'm like no 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 I'm fine and they're like no you're not I can literally see you trying to lean against that that pillar to relieve some of your pain don't (laughs) don't belittle what you're experiencing this can wait Take care of yourself and first. That's great that you got you had a friend like that too. Oh, I needed it. I needed we'll, it. Yeah, of course, and that's and that's amazing. I mean, it, well, that's part of you know this whole process too is surrounding yourself with people who are understanding or can you know have some at least compassion for the fact that you are dealing with this thing that is just part of who you are. You know, your existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it, not something that's going to go away. It, it was really difficult for me as well because I injured myself. Both of us, I think, if I'm yeah. if I'm correct, both of us injured ourselves in our 20s. Yep. 
your formidable years where you can do whatever you want, party as hard as you want, do all the crazy things, and then wake up the next day and bounce back. Right. Right, exactly. Where I remember sometimes I would get out of bed and I would have to, like, slide out, get my feet on the ground first, and then I would pull myself out of bed at a 90 degree angle so I was completely bent at my hips and just slowly put my weight on get out of the bed then crouch to be able to straighten my back up to then stand up straight yes oh my god and that slow methodical okay this foot's down first this foot down is is now down next. Now I can mm-hmm. slowly slide from the bed. Oh, no, I need to shift a little bit because I'm getting a shooting pain up my leg on this side. Ugh. All right. All right. I'm braced. Okay. And then just get yourself out. Or even like I would do like the hand walk across the wall and have some of yeah. my weight on my hands, some of my weight on my feet, and then do like, okay, I can slowly bend my knees. I got my hand on the wall and my hand on the bed. Okay. I'm crouched down. I can now slowly and surely get my back bump, 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 bump up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back is straight. Now to slowly stand up. Okay. That was me standing up. Great. That took me five you minutes. Choreographed your life. In- <laughs> that take took me five minutes moment. right there of my time. Yeah. What if I wake up late? Right. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're no, you can't two things. Either you can't risk hurting yourself more. So you have to then take your time to do it, which would then, you know, make you more late or you do something stupid and you try to rush it and you hurt yourself worse. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, I mean, and again, that's mentioned in, in the, that type of thing is mentioned, you know, what if you're late? What if yeah. you know this? So, um, yeah, well, I guess, why don't we, are, are you okay just kind of jumping into it? And like, why don't you tell me if you don't mind, um, how you discovered it, how you, how you found this and what your initial impressions were and, and what's your experience been since using it sort of as a way to think about your pain and how to manage your pain or oh, your day, the, I should say. The origins of the spoon theory from where I found it. I, you know, I think so. I went to um, the general hospital in the town that I used to live in. Mm-hmm. They had a really good two-week program for adults who live with chronic pain and like just different ways on how to negotiate around bathing, around doing dishes, around right. working, driving, um, different things that you can do. So uh, like doing the dishes, one, it was like open the cupboard doors and have your foot up on the ledge. So you're, you are not putting all of your weight on one side and like you're slowly Mm. doing a a different tilt, like small things like that. There were other many, many different things, but they gave as uh, tips and tricks on how to do. They had like exercises for us every morning and stuff like that and see how you could do going up and down a flight of stairs, Um, how much pressure you could do on this little like hand thing and stuff like that. And I think that's where the spoon theory is where I learned it from. And I think, but it's, it's been long enough that that it's sort of like faded into like, this is just something I've known for a long time type of thing. And it's something 
I even for a while contemplated going to a uh, kitchen store and picking up uh, measuring spoons uh-huh. and throwing that on my backpack to remind myself, right, I only have so many spoons of energy every day. I need to remind myself. And right, okay, right. how much energy do I have left? Can I reasonably do this without hurting myself? And that's, I found, one of the really, really difficult things about having chronic pain and living with ADHD specifically because once I get hyper focused I can forget the pain that I'm in until it becomes to the point that like my brain's all of a sudden like flooded and I'm like oh oh wow oh no I'm really what have I done I wasn't paying attention and now I'm paying for it. Now it's not only beyond tolerances, but like beyond tolerances to the point that you're probably going to be suffering the next day. Right. Right. And that's also something that's talked about in the spoon theory as well. Like always being hyper aware. And even that in itself is exhausting. That hyper awareness itself takes up a spoon of energy. Right. Okay. Well, I mean... So how has it been for you, I guess, since discovering that? And then, like you said, you know, like making that a part of your day-to-day existence. Um, I mean, you seem to really um, kind of love, love the idea, like, you know, sharing it and talking about it. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, right there with you. I think it's great. I think because it's such a much easier approachable way to talk about pain that people who don't live with it can sort of get a better glimpse of it. Not maybe not the whole like, Oh no, I totally understand what you're talking about kind of thing, but at least a more attainable concept of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, It's uh, one that I've uh, used with families, uh, family members and friends as well. And they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And then I'll have family members and friends who are just like, Hey, how many spoons do you have today? Are you able to do something of this nature? That's cool. Because that's right? validating. Like, they listened to you. They actually gave a crap enough to really, you know, take mm-hmm. that in. And, and yeah. No, I, I like to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, very much so. And what we can do, if you would like, we can just dive right in to start reading what the spoon theory is. I'll make sure to... Literally what I was going to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should do a podcast together. That would, You know what? You've got a good point. Yeah. Next yeah. time, though. Next time. Yeah, yeah, next time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For now, we're just going to have silliness. Just chat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh my goodness. I We pr- figured out how to pronounce her last name and I totally forget again. Oh, I, I, I can, I'll try it if you'd like. Please. So mostly, this is, we're going to, oh, go ahead. Mostly because I don't want to mangle it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I kind of have it. So this is, this is going to be, we're going to read um, The Spoon Theory, uh, who which is authored by Christine Miserandino, M-I-S-E-R-A-N-D-I-N-O. And her website is www.butyoudontlooksick.com. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and start reading from that. Do you want to kick us off? I will be happy to kick us off. Awesome. My best friend and I were in a diner talking, 
As usual, it was very late and we were eating french fries with gravy. Like normal girls our age, we spent a lot of time at the diner while in college and most of the time spent talking about boys, music, or trivial things that seemed very important at the time. We never really got serious about anything in particular and spent most of our time laughing. As I went to take some of my medicine with a snack as I usually did, she watched me with an awkward kind of stare, instead continuing the conversation. She then asked me out of the blue what it felt like to have lupus and be sick. I was shocked, not only because she asked me the random question, but also because I assumed she knew all there was to know about lupus. She came to doctors with me. She saw me walk with a cane and throw up in the bathroom. She had been, she had seen me cry in pain. What else was there to know? I started to ramble on about pills and aches and pains, but she kept pursuing and didn't seem satisfied with my answers. I was a little surprised as being my roommate in college and friends for years. I thought she already knew the medical definition of lupus. Then she looked at me with a face every single sick person knows well. The face of pure curiosity about something no one healthy can truly understand. She asked what it felt like, not physically, but what it felt like to be me, to be sick. As I tried to gain my composure, I glanced around the table for help or guidance, or at least stall for time to think. I was trying to find the right words. How do I answer a question I never was able to answer for myself? How do I explain every detail of every day being affected and give the emotions a sick person goes through with clarity? I could have given up, cracked a joke like I usually do, and changed the subject, but I remember thinking, if I don't try to explain this, how could I ever expect her to understand? If I can't explain this to my best friend, how could I explain my world to anyone else? I had to at least try. At that moment... The spoon theory was born. I quickly grabbed every spoon on the table. Hell, I grabbed spoons off other tables. I looked her in the eyes and said, here you go. You have lupus. She looked at me slightly confused, as anyone would when they are being handed a bouquet of spoons. The cold metal spoons clanked in my hands as I groped them together and shoved them into her hands. I explained that the difference in being sick and being healthy is having to make choices or to consciously think about things when the rest of the world doesn't have to. The healthy have the luxury of a life without choices, a gift most people take for granted. Most people start the day with an unlimited amount of possibilities and energy to do whatever they desire, especially young people. For the most part, they do not need to worry about the effects of their actions. So, for my explanation, I use spoons to convey the point. I wanted something for her to actually hold, for me to then take away, since most people who get sick feel a, quote, loss of life they once knew. If I was in control of taking away the spoons, then she would know what it, was, what it feels like to have someone or something else, in this case lupus, being in control. She grabbed the spoons with excitement. She didn't understand what I was doing. But she's always up for a good time, so I guess I thought, um, so I guess she thought up, I was cracking a joke of something like, and I usually don't talk about touchy subjects. That sentence, I'm sorry, was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know how serious I would become. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, I asked her to count her spoons. 
She asked why. And I explained that when you are healthy, you expect to have near ending supply of spoons. In this case, energy. But spoons is our little moniker here. But when you uh, have to plan your day, you need to know exactly how many spoons you are starting with. It doesn't guarantee that you might not lose some along the way, but at least it helps you to know where you are starting. She counted out the spoons. She laughed and said that she wanted more. I said no. And I knew right away that this little game would work. When she looked disappointed, uh, we didn't have, uh, uh, when she looked disappointed and we hadn't even started yet, I've wanted more quote unquote spoons for years and haven't found a way yet to get more. Why should she? I also told her I'll, uh, to always be conscious of how many she had and not to drop them because she can never forget she has lupus. I asked her to list off the tasks of the day, including the most simple. As she rattled off daily chores or just fun things to do, I explained how each one would cost her a spoon. When she jumped right into getting ready for work as her first task of the morning, I cut her off and took away a spoon. I practically jumped down her throat. I said, no, you don't just get up. You have to crack your eyes and then realize you are late. You didn't sleep well the night before. You have to crawl out of bed. And then you have to make yourself something to eat before you can do anything else. Because if you don't, you can't take your medicine. And if you don't take your medicine, you might as well give up all of your spoons for the day and tomorrow too. I quickly took away a spoon and then she re- and she realized she hasn't even gotten dressed yet. Showering cost her a spoon just for washing her hair and shaving her legs. Reaching high and low that early in the morning could break. Uh... Good break. Uh, I didn't want to scare her right away. Getting dressed was worth another spoon. I stopped her and broke down every task to show her how every little detail needs to be talked to, uh, thought about. You cannot simply just throw clothes on when you are sick. I explained that I have to see what clothes I could physically put on. If my hands hurt that day, buttons are out of the question. If I have bruises that day, I need to wear long sleeves. And if I have a fever, I need a sweater to stay warm and so on. If my hair is falling out, I need to spend more time to look presentable. And then you need to factor in five more minutes, another five minutes for feeling badly that it took you two hours to do all this. I think she was starting to understand when she theoretically didn't even get to work and she was left with six spoons. I then explained to her that she needed uh, to uh, choose the rest of her day wisely, since when your spoons are gone, they are gone. Sometimes you can borrow against tomorrow's spoons, but just think of how hard tomorrow will be with less spoons. I also needed to explain that a person who is sick always lives with this looming thought that tomorrow baby to the day that a cold comes or an infection, or any number of things that could be very dangerous. So you don't want to run low on spoons because you never know when you truly will need them. I didn't want to depress her, but I needed to be realistic. And unfortunately, being prepared for the worst is part of the real day for me. We went through the rest of the day and she slowly learned that skipping lunch would cost her a spoon as well as standing on a train or even typing at her computer too long. 
she was forced to make choices and think about things differently. Hypothetically, she had to choose not to run errands so that she could eat dinner that night. Go ahead. When we got to the end of her pretend day, she said she was hungry. I summarized that if that she had to eat dinner, but she only had one spoon left. If she cooked, she couldn't have enough energy to clean the pots. If she went out for dinner, she might be too tired to drive home safely. Then I also explained that I didn't even bother to add into this to add into this game that she was also that she was so nauseous that cooking probably out of the question anyway. So she decided to make the, make soup. It was easy. I said, and then said it's only seven p.m. You have the rest of the night, but maybe end up with one spoon so you can do something fun, or clean your apartment, or do chores. But you can't do it all. I rarely see her emotional. So when I saw her upset, I knew maybe I was getting through to her. I didn't want my friend to be upset, but at the same time, I was happy to think I was finally, maybe someone understood me a little bit. She had tears in her eyes and she asked me quietly, Christine, how do you do it? Do you really do this every day? I explained that some days were worse than others. Some days I had more spoons than most, but I can never make it go away and I can never forget about it. I always have to think about it. I handed her a spoon I had been holding in reserve. I said simply, I have learned to live life with an extra spoon in my pocket in reserve. You need to always be prepared. It's hard. The hardest thing I ever had to learn is to slow down and not do everything. I fight this to this day. I hate feeling left out, having to choose to stay home or to not get things done that I want to. I wanted her to feel that frustration. I wanted her to understand that everything everyone else does comes so easy, but for me is 100 little jobs in one. I need to think about the weather, my temperature that day, and the whole day's plans before I can attack any one given thing. When other people can simply do things, I have to attack it and make a plan like I'm strategizing a war. It is in that lifestyle the difference between being sick and healthy. It is the beautiful ability to not think and just do it. I miss that freedom. I miss never having to count spoons. After we were emotional and talked about this for a little while longer, I sensed she was sad. Maybe she finally understood. Maybe she realized that she never could truly and honestly say she understands. But at least now, she might not complain so much when I can't go out for dinner some nights or when I never seem to make it to her house and she always has to drive to mine. I gave her a hug when we walked out of the diner. I had one spoon in my hand and said, don't worry, I see this as a blessing. I have been forced to think about everything I do. Do you know how many spoons people waste every day? I don't have room for wasted time or wasted spoons. And I chose to spend this time with you. Ever since this night, I have used the spoon theory to explain my life to many people. In fact, my family and friends refer to spoons all the time. It has, a, it has been a code word for what I can, can and cannot do. Once people understand the spoon theory, they seem to understand me better. But I also think they live their life a little differently too. 
I think it isn't just good enough, good for understanding lupus, but everyone or anyone dealing with any disability or illness. Hopefully they don't take so much for granted or their life in general. I give a piece of myself in every sense of the word when I do anything. It has become an inside joke. I have, I have become famous for saying people jokingly that they should feel special when I spend time with them because they have one of my spoons. And that right Christine. there, absolutely, mm-hmm. to a point. Then, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. I was just going to say who the author yeah. was one more time. Um, just want to say that was uh, The Spoon Theory written by Christine Misarandino. See, I did such a good job at the beginning. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that idea, like even this podcast right now, this is taking up spoons. And like we were both saying, like, I'm in pain as I'm sitting here having this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And 100%. Right. Um, And that's the same with like when both of us are streaming, when we stream, we're very often also in pain while we're doing this. But we are choosing to be here. We are choosing to do this podcast. We are choosing to do our stream because it's worth it. And it just makes it. it, Absolutely. And it just makes it that much more special for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I do want to take a couple of minutes um, and I'll kind of walk backwards through that a little bit, or we can sort of like jump around in it whichever way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, in the end, like, I think what grabs me the most is is like, before I understood what spoon theory was, for me it was just like, okay, I have to be so very intentionable, uh, intentionable, Jesus, <laughs> intentional <laughs> about everything I do. Every move, if mm-hmm. I'm lying in a certain way and I'm in this kind of a pain, what 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 series of steps is it going to take for me to get up and go do this thing? You know, and 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 sometimes the prospect of doing it is it worth the energy? Is whatever task I have to complete worth the effort to go through? And I don't know. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is, but it. I often have those moments of deflation where I'm about to make that decision and I kind of just sigh and I'm like, fuck, okay, I I guess here we are. What do I do? Do I want this little, whatever this thing is, whether it's a minute thing or a major thing, is this worth that kind of effort? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this will tie into um, a future uh, podcast that we want to do. Both of us are really lucky that we have spouses that are here to help us. Yes. And sometimes reaching out to them being like, hey, I need this specific thing. I just don't have the energy to do this. Can you help me? A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And that's that's part and parcel of having an invisible disability is being like, hey, I need help. Whether it's from your primary caregiver, whether it's from a friend, whether it's from a stranger. That. Right. Reaching out. And saying, hey, I need help can be so, so difficult. Yeah. So scary. Well, okay. Can I call you out on something from yeah. earlier, if you don't mind my uh Yes, my absolutely. I mean, you <laughs> literally just told me, what, about 45 yep. minutes ago, yep. uh, something that happened in your home. Yep. And it's true. A hundred percent true. So please, please do so. Or do you want to say my side of it? <laughs> No, no, no. I want to hear you say it. Tell on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yesterday, 
Uh, my spouse and I were just like, okay, we're going to be doing some laundry. Uh, be sure to go grab your laundry and everything will be great. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And so I got two different baskets. Um, I have one for my darks, one for my colors. And I put the two baskets together, carefully lifted them up and started making my way down the stairs. And I was doing my, I have a very specific breathing pattern that I will do whenever yeah. I'm lifting something that I probably shouldn't be lifting and probably shouldn't be doing. And my spouse heard me. They were doing dishes. They heard me and came comic. They came out of the kitchen and gave me that, that very much a, you know, better. And I am disappointed in you right now. Look and grabbed the top thing of laundry and said, you know, better. I could hear you. I could Mm -hmm. hear you walking down the stairs doing that breathing pattern. You know when you do that breathing pattern, you're pushing yourself too hard. Why? I just asked you to get your laundry together. I was going to carry it down for you. You didn't have to do this. Yeah. It's true. And But something that Christine mentions in the story, and I know it's something that we've talked about, is I just want to... Excuse me. I, I, I know we're not trying to curse too much. I just want to fucking be normal. Yeah. I just want to be able to do normal things. Uh, and, and that that is really palpable and intense because I've I have felt that so so many times and it's it it is very difficult to see that recognize it and not feel less of a person as a result and being yes. like I am I am less of an individual because I can't do this quote unquote simple task and my and- um, my self-worth, my worth as an individual is demeaned by the fact that I can't do X, Y, and Z. It's a strange thing. And I, I think it's, it, it has to be, I want to, I, I, I kind of think it has to be almost like a visceral primal feeling mm-hmm. because I mean, like just by survival, you know, we have to want to do things for ourselves in order to do, you know, anything yeah. survival, eat, rent, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe it comes from that. Or maybe it's just an ego thing. And I hate the idea of people doing things for me all the time. And I just want to feel like a person for just even a minute with mm-hmm. this thing that I'm doing. Like, I'll often have that conversation, you know, and I, I don't like getting snippy with uh, with my spouse. But there's times when I'm like, I, let me... Yeah do this please i need mm. this yeah yeah you know and i and i feel that very very real now because i'm still recovering a lot from my surgery so there's still so many things i mean i'm making great progress but there's so many things i still can't do and it it's hard to it's hard to acquiesce to that yeah and it's also difficult when you're just like 6 months ago i could do this no problem I could do yes. this and I, I didn't I didn't even have to think about it. It was just something I could do. And now I have I have I feel like I have made a step back. I feel like I have slid and that I have done so many good things and now I'm back here again in this yeah. this place that I don't want to be, this place where I hate being in survival mode. I mean Yeah, that in and of itself gets exhausting. Right? That entire um, thought process. Absolutely. Um, one of the things for But You Don't Look Sick, the one that really, really hit home for me, and I, I sent this to you right away. I even sent it to my mods as well, is the hardest thing I have ever had to do is learn to slow down 
and not do everything. I fight this to this day. I hate feeling left out, having to choose to stay home, or to not get things done that I want to. Right. That definitely, definitely, even now, I struggle with. Clearly, like even yesterday, I just wanted to get the laundry down. Right. Like, it's just one more item. Come on, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Clearly it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's definitely a real struggle. And it, as it doesn't seem like it should be, but it just... I mean, again, like, I drove the other day. I think it was Tuesday. For the first time in months. Mm-hmm. Do you understand, like... You ever out in the yard and you're like working all day and it's really hot and you're you're tired, but you take a sip of water and it just feels like your life force is being given back to you? That's yeah. what that drive felt to me. Like I just sitting in the driver's seat, being able to do things for myself. Like there it was it was such a it was such a good feeling. And then that's kind of like those moments are are kind of few and far between when you are constantly dealing with the inability to do everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was talking with you that day after you'd driven, and I could hear the joy, like unaltered, just complete joy of having been able to drive. Yeah. It yeah, was and it was wonderful to hear. I just it made my heart so happy. Thank and you for I, that. I appreciate. It. Yeah. Well, there are times like. Um, I've, I've mentioned this before in my stream. I get nerve blocking injections um, yes. depending on where it is. Uh, when I first started about five years ago, I was going in once a week. Uh, I've had it where um, my pain was good enough that I was only having to have that administered once a month. Uh, right now, I'm still doing catch up of having spent too many spoons, which I knew was going to happen. This was this mm. was a planned thing. I knew I was going to spend spoons. I knew it was going to take me. I'm about six weeks in recovery right now at this point from from that event right and i'm just almost on track again but i like uh, it was one of those things that i had planned ahead of time knew it was going to happen knew it was going to take me a long time to recover from it was worth it um but yeah i lost my train of thought no it was you, there it was there yeah. i lost it <laughs> we're talking about on a on a altered joy oh by right. my injections nerve blocking injections yeah so like right now i'm about once every two weeks i soon i'm going to be able to get up to once every three weeks and but then back on track again um level-headed raji is reminding us and this is a really good point um we've mm -hmm. been about 50 minutes in everyone should probably have a quick hydrate maybe a good little Great little idea. bit of a stretch speaking of like spoons and taking care of ourselves Thank you, level head of Raji. Yes, thank you. Appreciate you. And all the chatters here today, thank you. Thank you for everyone and those who are listening in the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing our little podcast and, and for being here. I really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you for, uh, for hanging out with us and listening to our perspectives on, you know, dealing with chronic pain and all the many subjects surrounding you know that sort of life with it mm -hmm. uh and constantly shifting and that's one of the other things that christine said really really well some days i have more spoons some days i do not yes and it's always that like is this worth borrowing spoons 
from tomorrow to get this thing done today. Yeah, and I have to think, I don't know if I personally dealt with that as much. On a, I think perhaps on a rare occasion, mine is more... No, that's actually not true. Never mind. I'm, I'm lying because <laughs> I'm thinking of like all the times when I have had to overdo in a day and then the next day been completely on my ass. Yeah, no, never mind. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes it's rechecking our our perceptions, right? Yeah. Right? And being like, oh, wait, nope, that's that's something from pre-pain. Right? <laughs> Pre- oh, my God. Yeah, I have to think of life in those terms, huh? I Yeah. Because this is now, it's over a decade since I've injured myself. Well over, we're, mm. we're getting closer to 15 years at this point. It's. Wow. Yeah. 13. I think for yeah. me too, almost too. Yeah. I think, th- I think I'm at 13 years right now. So getting mine closer was 08, to 15. So a little bit. Oh, wait, what is it? Yeah. 09? Mine was 09. So. Okay. Yay. We're so close in our, <laughs> in our journey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Exciting. Oh, friend. We um, both of us were discussing how like we are definitely siblings from different families completely. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then there, we just have so many similarities; it's just ridiculous. There's yeah. some fun ones in there, though, like all the yeah. goofy references to you know movies and TV shows that we just yes. pick out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love. I what was I was singing a random song, and you were like, "I know that song," and you started singing it with me. Also, Kissy was very upset. Uh, both of our mod named Kissy Kitten, who's an amazing individual, um, would have been upset that we were seeing that and Kissy wouldn't be able to clip it. Um, <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. You know, speaking of, of mods and, and, and things like that, we didn't, we didn't open the um, the uh, podcast correctly in explaining to our podcast audience who oh you God. are and how we are doing this. Yeah, and that's even funnier because like, I messaged you as soon as I went live being like, oh right. no, I forgot the intro. And Whoops. clearly so did I. <laughs> so, you know. We're good fif- at this, guys. Come 55 on. 55 minutes great. in. Let's do the intro. Yes, let's be professionals. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lesbian Next Door, or LND. I am here with my co-host. I am Sid Coletti. And we are Back Pain Pals. We are trying to do a podcast. Clearly, we're not doing it in the right order. But, you know, the right order is just subjective. Order schmorder. (laughs) You can find my friend at www.twitch.tv forward slash lesbian next door. You can also find Sid also at twitch.tv slash Sid, C-I-D underscore Coletti, C-O... L- oh my gosh, I can't spell. That's okay. It's okay. C-O-L-E-T-T-I. Look at us plugging each other. All right, we did it. There, I just did a shout out instead. <laughs> no, that's not the same. Listen, <laughs> we're not dragging that into the podcast world. Uh, well, we don't have to drag it into the podcast world. Thankfully, this was pre-recorded from the podcast and I can do shout outs. Fine. Oh, Rev, thank you for the reminder that I didn't need. Speaking of an amazing person as well, Rev, it's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. Those are my socials. I have a Twitter account. That's exciting. And you can find that Twitter account at LND Streamer. <laughs> at LND Streamer. Yes. All right. So um, let's, let's take another minute because I want to... 
I want to see if there was a couple other points to walk through um, of the story that we just read. Yeah, and I think I have one message I would like to read. It's from Nadia. Sure. Nadia is a, a longtime friend of ours here uh, in in my stream. Uh, so Nadia says, that made sense. I was almost crying as you guys were reading that article story because it was making sense. I have endometriosis, um, which is, I, I know people who have that. That one's awful. And friend, I am so, so sorry because that also gets underdiagnosed. Um, just women and medical care is a whole other bag of just awfulness. Um, so endometriosis, uh, sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly, ADHD, anxiety, and chronic depression. Um, endo uh, got less bad when I went into birth control, but it was still draining. I'm now thinking of the time I beat myself up for not getting stuff 100% done that I wanted. Oh, yeah. That, that, like, feeling that you left your, you let yourself down by not doing this thing. Yeah. Oh, well, and that happens that constantly. Right. It's visceral. Very much so. Like, because it, punch again, you in like, the gut kind mm -hmm. of visceral and that what how when i feel yeah yeah i do too i mean it's I, I wish i wish people could understand without understanding like those very simple tasks that you wouldn't other words even think for a moment of mm -hmm. you have to walk through how you're going to deal with it like step by step yeah like again like you know you don't just get get out of bed you have to plan how to get out of bed yeah so, yeah, I uh, I completely understand. And uh, Death Metal Foxy also says, not only misdiagnosis to women uh, so common, but also people who are overweight don't receive the care that they rightfully need. A hundred percent. A, yes. as a woman. B, as a woman who is overweight. The number of times I've been like, oh, well, if you just lose weight, you'll be fine. Yeah, and while... You know, uh, weight loss is beneficial. Um, perhaps that isn't the message nor best, you know, form the to, best to approach. share that. Best the approach. best approach. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I know that I'm overweight. I've actually you managed... do. I do. Funny that... enough, I live in my skin and I it's can weird. see it and feel it, and. Like, I've managed So you don't over... need someone to tell you that? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, and okay. It's, it's not only unhelpful, it's actually quite harmful. Because it's just like, yeah, thanks. Um, you've not only helped little, you've actually just made me feel worse about myself for even trying to get this help is negative in the first help. place. Help in the opposite direction. Right? And like, yeah. like, how difficult it is to sometimes even ask for help and to just be like, oh, well, if you just do this really simple thing, your invisible disability will go away. Yeah. Or the other individuals on the other scale, on the other side of it being like, oh, well, have you tried this oil? Have you tried this thing? Have you eaten turmeric? Mm. Have you done this? Have you tried this exercise? Have you done this? And I was just like, oh, so you're telling me I, I clearly don't know how to deal with my pain and that I just like being here and that your simple solution yes. is going to fix it. Thanks for again belittling me. And 
all the effort I've put to even be able to he- be here today. Yeah. Uh, usually when those individuals occur, um, I, I start listing off the things that I have tried. If I'm being particularly snarky, I'll do it in <laughs> alphabetical order. Just, just a really uh, poor yep. one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I get it. I have done that before. And then watching someone like have their eyes slowly glaze over because the list just keeps going of things that I have indeed tried. And here's the thing, you know, and we talked about it last week during our other conversation, and I really do want to. I We understand that many people are well-intentioned. It's Absolutely. not coming from a place, but people have to also understand it's not always something like, I don't just want to start talking about, you know, my pain or my back situation. But it's something that happens if people care and they want to know, you know, especially if they're friends. Um, how are things going? How are you feeling? Have you, and then the have you tried is where yeah. it all starts to fall apart. It's like, no, 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 let's, let's not, please. I know it's coming from a great place, but all you're doing is just robbing me of, of my time with you that I'm mm-hmm. enjoying. So I don't enjoy this. Yeah. You know? We can even back it up. And like the question, how are you doing, can be so loaded. Yeah. Especially if you're having like a chronic pain spike and it's still invisible and you don't want anyone to know because there's a lot of, again, shame around being an adult who, quote unquote, should be working full time and have all the energy in the world mm-hmm. where getting out of bed and having a cup of coffee takes most of the energy you have for that morning. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Right. And Sometimes people will ask how I'm doing. I'm just like, okay, how do I want to answer this? And even just like the stopping and thinking can take up time and energy. How do I want to approach this? Who is this person with me? How much do they already know? Do I have to jump through hoops? Am I going to be belittled by saying, oh, I'm actually in a little bit of pain today? Am I going to be marginalized? Am I going to be written off? Well, right, a lot of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say a lot of it comes from places of, of of ignorance too. When people ask, you know, about certain modifications to this, or what if you just did X, Y, and Z? It's like if I'm telling you I'm not able to do this thing, please trust that I have thought of every possible solution, and I'm saying no because I'm at my limit. Yeah. No, and it's 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 difficult sometimes even navigating that. I Yeah. I have fewer friends that I'd known for a long time once my chronic pain started negatively affecting my ability to go out and to hang out with people. Yeah. Yet on the flip side of that, the individuals who have stuck around or the individuals such as yourself who've only known me while living with chronic pain, mm-hmm. I have found have been hard, fast, and reliable friendships. I know yeah. that if I am having a bad day, I have individuals that I can just be like, hey, I need an ear. Do you have a minute? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that comes with time and experience, I think, in life, too, is, is mm-hmm. knowing knowing the people that you want around you that will put you 
you know, where you can be in that healthy space, where you're not surrounding yourself with people who, you know, could be toxic or, or you know, bullies or whatever. Um, or yeah, just time. only take and don't give. Sort of yes. emotional, One-sided. physical pariahs, as it were, or parasites. Um, yep. There are a lot of friends, and this is something I've talked about as well, is like I, there are a lot of friends that I would be around and I would not recharge being with them. Like it was definitely like a, oh, okay, I'm good <laughs> from seeing them for the next month. Yeah. Yeah. Some folks kind are only like, taking certain doses. Right. Right. And they could be an amazing, wonderful individual. However, just between the two of you, it's exhausting to be around and that's on a good day without anything to do with chronic pain take chronic pain into consideration with that and the number of those individuals that i have been able to keep in my life have definitely dropped off because i just i physically can't yeah and part of that is because i need to make sure that i respect my own boundaries of what i have the capacity to do so well and to have that self-awareness is i mean like for to do that is really um vital it was hard one and i mean very hard oh of course <laughs> very it doesn't difficult. happen overnight mm-hmm. no definitely not yeah that's a slow process yeah um okay so we read through we read through it and we shared quite a bit on um the most of it, but I, I want to make sure if there's anything else in there that we didn't touch on. I'm not going to scroll through and see if there's any comments that kind of stick out with stick out to me, because I mean, by the end of the story, you know, I, it, it was clear that you know her closest friend obviously had a much better. Here's a question. Okay, so have you had a moment similar to this with either something? to do specifically spoon theory or at least something, a conversation you had that made somebody understand, Oh, okay. I get what she's dealing with now. Cause I have kind yeah, of a go, story. Oh, well, well then go ahead, please. No, it was, it was just when, when my, my wife's back went out, um, not recently, but it was quite a while ago. Um, and she asked me, she's a, is this what you deal with all the time? And I said, kind of, yeah probably I, I can't say better or worse i don't know what your pain i'm not going to sit here and compare pains but yeah i mean that that whole day of like because there are times when you know i you can't move mm-hmm. the thought of moving hurts let alone the actual moving yeah. and <laughs> you know and, and I, she had not faced that before and i hate that she had to face it i, I hate that she had to experience it, even 10 percent of it or yeah. whatever but she has an understanding now of like oh wow okay so have you had that same kind of thing with with anybody in your life um i have with my spouse but something completely different Mm -hmm. um so i unfortunately am very delicious to mosquitoes and there could be a group of us that are 10 people around i'm the only Mm -hmm. one wearing bug spray and i'm the only one being bitten kind of situation (laughs) lucky you they, they yeah (laughs) It is one of those things. My spouse somehow, um, they had an allergic reaction to something when they were clearing some brush out. And Mm. um, I think it was um, uh, Virginia Creeper and they got it on their skin. Now, Virginia Creeper both itches and burns. 
It's like a poison uh, ivy kind of thing or kind similar? of thing. It, it It's not a poison ivy where it'll keep coming back, but it's a definite like it's really bad on your skin. I think it Serious was irritant. Virginia. Yeah, I think it was Virginia Creeper. It might have been something else. But like the the aftermath was that there were parts of their body that were nonstop itching Ugh. to the point of distraction. Right. When I get mosquito bites is very similar to that. And I've mentioned that to my spouse time and time again. They're just like, well, just ignore it. I'm like, no, you don't understand you don't understand like this. It really, really itches. And my spouse looked at me once this thing, they were in the middle of it and they're like, I think I understand better now what you are talking about with your bug bites. And I am sorry. I am sorry that I have said some of the things that I have said in the past. Cause this is so irritating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, again, you don't want people to understand, but once they have kind of a, even the, the dimmest of light bulbs yeah. that go off, it's, um, I hate saying this, but almost kind of like, thank you for understanding. I hate that yeah. your experience brought you here, but yeah. Yeah. And um, another one that I had actually recently with uh, my pain specialist, Dr. Um, we tried a different medication in a different spot to see if we could try and get um, one of the byproducts of my, my chronic pain is now it's gone from my back to my hips and I can't really lie on my sides anymore. Mm. And I'll be like dead asleep on my side with a pillow in between my knees and my hip will hurt so much. It will wake me up. And that's, on a good night, it's two to three times a night that I'll be wake woken up in the middle of the night. I it can get upwards to like eight, nine, and ten times a night that I have to get out of bed, readjust, make mm. sure it gets that like good pop, Hurrah. that really Ow. good crunch sound uh-huh. of whatever it was that was not settle- settling properly to readjust move around a little bit and then crawl back into bed and then try and fall asleep. And with myself who has ADHD, who has depression, who has anxiety to try and then return my brain off and allow myself to sleep. Oh my goodness. There were nights I would just lie awake. And like, as soon as I woke up from a pain that woke me up from a sleep, I'm like, well, that's that's the rest of my night. It's only 3 a.m. here, and I finally fell asleep around 1. But, you know, we do. <sighs> we we do. We go forward. Sure, now, yeah. I have managed to find something that works for me, and it's listening to audiobooks. Hmm. That allows me to turn off that, like, self-negative talk gyre, uh, which means it's a spiral, and it gets tighter and faster as you go down. Sort of like mm-hmm. a whirlpool. Mm-hmm. And getting louder and just more visceral and more upset with myself, and which then tenses me up, which then makes my chronic pain worse, which proves to me that clearly I'm not worthy, that clearly I did something wrong, and that I am being punished for this wrong thing that I clearly did because I am in this much pain. That one was a hard one to, to get through. Yeah. That was, I, and that I mean like hard as in like a 10 years worth of therapy and talking with a counselor being like, hey, I'm not in chronic pain because I'm a bad person. That's not what this is. And it, sorry. Um, and I found the audiobooks 
help to completely do a full stop disconnect of going into anxiety and depression driven thought patterns to being like, oh, this book is really interesting. Oh, I'm starting to feel drowsy. And then realize that like I'm completely asleep. I wake up a couple hours later, headphones still on and the book's off. I'm like, yes, yes, I've gotten some sleep. And getting up and doing the whole routine over again. Over again. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get up and have a little bite to eat and take some more of my meds and then just sit on the couch and then the cat will curl up on my lap and it'll be like lights are off. I'm sitting beside, um, we have a fish tank in our living room mm-hmm. and it has a red LED on at night. So I'll be slightly lit by this like red LED curled up on the couch with a cat and being like, I totally look evil, but it's all right. <laughs> I look like a supervillain, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. okay. I've got a fuzzy blanket. Everything is well. And just to try and like calm down. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, the well, time is now the, my pain meds will fully kick in at this moment, which is usually about half an hour for me. I don't know what it's like for you, but it's usually half an hour for typical. everything to, yeah. For, for things to, uh, to really settle in. Yeah. And and then I'll be able to go back to sleep and try this all again, rebrush my teeth because of course I've just eaten something and I don't want to go to bed with stuff stuck in my teeth cuz no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> cuz no thank you. Uh and then do it all again. Sometimes my spouse will wake up and be like, "Oh, they're gone." And they'll see how much heat is left in the bed. And if it's cool, they'll come up and try and find me, being like, "Hey, you want to try this again?" And they will just, they'll snuggle with me and then wait until I fall asleep. That's really sweet. I have a really, really amazing spouse. I am a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Again, as you said at the beginning, we're both very fortunate that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Damn it. My brain stopped working. Uh, That's okay. It happens. I know I I had one of those earlier. I was in the middle of a really important thought process and I completely lost track of what I was talking about. Which is why like I I'm very bad at interrupting people, so I really try to be very cognizant of it. I'm not great, but um anytime you start saying something to complete a thought, I I always try to back up cuz I know how you work and if I go too much off <laughs> off road, you'll lose your thought and then I'll oh, have yeah. lost mine and then everything will have fallen apart and we'll look ridiculous. Well, I mean, we already look ridiculous, but That's in the true. best way possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're pretty cool like that, right? Yeah. Well, I think you're really cool. And once See, in a I while, cool. I uh, once in a while I can do a fun thing here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I want to make sure did we touch everything on Spoon Theory that we wanted to talk through? Um, I think so. Was there anything, chat, that you heard that you would like to go over as well? Because I mean, this was a lot of information to throw out at once. Yes. Yes, it was. I just, I found this one to be really, like, it's a little bit of a longer read. I found it really approachable, though. And, like, broke it down in a way that made it easier uh, to to digest it as someone who doesn't live with pain. Oh, there was one. Um, okay. Um, I was talking with my pain specialist. That was it. That was it. I remember now. I was saying yes, the thing. Yes, I found go, go, go. it. We came around for a full circle. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Okay, so I was talking with my pain specialist the other day because I had been, uh, we tried a new medication for me. 
and we wanted to see if we could try and get the pain of my hips under control. Mm-hmm. And I explained to my pain specialist what those those injections felt like. And the look of horror <laughs> and sadness on this doctor's face, like it made my heart sad. And he yeah. and he was just like, that's that's totally not what you want to hear as a pain specialist. That that <sighs> that is horrifying. So the way that I explained how the the new um, medication was, and it didn't work for me, which is unfortunate, but mm. we at least gave it a go. Um, I said it felt like it's someone took a very tiny boxing glove and put it at the end of a chopstick and that they were injecting it through my skin and through my flesh to get around um, my actual hip joint, like right right beside the bone. Ugh. That's what it felt like. It sounds dreadful. Oh, I cried. I absolutely bawled. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been seeing this specialist because I had one before um, they moved their practice and this is uh, my new specialist. So that's why we're mm-hmm. also it's a, it's a new fresh set of eyes looking at my chronic pain and seeing if there are things that we can do that are preventative. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of preventative, especially with the spoon yes. theory in mind, especially with having it as being an invisible disability, making sure that you can do things ahead of time that will make your day easier and better for you going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things that she said that really stood out to me, and I, I kind of loved the part of the story, when she realized the moment her friend, like she, the moment she would convince her friend of, of exactly what it was, like the, her whole presentation was working. Yeah. Really, really liked that part of the story where it's like, oh, she, she's going to get this. Like, okay, perfect. Yeah. You know? And, and that's one of the things of it, of, it being invisible that most of the time people don't get it and trying to explain it feels like talking to a brick wall. Well, how many people do you know say something like I'm a visual learner? Well, Oh yeah. 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 So or I'm people, a tactile learner myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you have to consider that people aren't simply going to just understand without the help of some kind of tangible thing or physical, like a visual aid, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or yeah. in this case, an auditory one. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that's our that's our forum. That the, it kind of is surprise. Mm-hmm. Surprise. <laughs> um, but I I really I enjoy this. I um, I enjoyed this story. I never read it that that closely before. I understood prior to this um, from your explanation. It essentially sort of sets the tone for the day and how you look at the day and the energy you expend. Um, mm-hmm. But actually getting the chance to read through it, because I read through it earlier, um, and then again with you now, it, um, yeah, it was really, it was a really good story. Yeah. Unfortunate one, but good. An unfortunate one and one that I, I don't have lupus. I understand that to every syllable and sentence. And that's what I think is the beauty of of that theory is that it's it it can help a lot of individuals. It can help individuals who even just have, say, a learning disability such as myself. That's still invisible. That's still frustrating. Like having the words 
you think you're reading it correctly, but it turns out you're not reading it correctly. Or like you will say a word in your brain, but the word that comes out is not the word that you thought. And there was a disconnect and just having to explain to yourself and explain to other people, no, that's not what I was trying to say. And like all of that energy. <laughs> yeah. Is then set aside specifically for having to deal with the thing that you were living with. Yeah, non-learn uh, learning disability here, Nadia. Yeah, thank you for sharing, friend. I really appreciate that. And it can be scary, especially with it being invisible. It can be terrifying to share with people. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, especially depending on what it is. I mean, you don't want to be mm -hmm. judged or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I have a very interesting sort of thing. Like, I have to come out sometimes as queer as well as coming out as having a physical disability. Mm -hmm. That one's, that one's a big kettle of fish to have to go through. I was going to say, you got a lot to work through there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause most of the time I pass as straight. If you see me in the street, I do not look queer. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> I've had coworkers who didn't even know I was married because I just kept it very quiet. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I remember, oh my gosh, that was years ago. I think I'd been working at that company for two, maybe almost three years by that point. And I mentioned that about my spouse and they're like, wait, what? You're married? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been together since uh, this date. Uh, this, okay. <laughs> before the 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> before the turn of the century, actually, I should say. It's now at the point. Before the turn of the century, I was hanging out with my mouse spouse. Before the turn of the millennia. Yes. Correct. Even, uh, oh, yeah. and we're the only real generation who's going to be able to do that. Before the turn mm -hmm. of the millennia. Yeah, I do yeah. like that. Yeah. Fancy. Um, and I, I, topped, I, I touched on it earlier of people who have known me before I had my... my work-related ladder accident and mm -hmm. the number of people who have only known me afterward. Yeah. And there are very, very few now who have seen me from beginning to where I am today. Yeah. Well, I guess given enough time, yep. that's going to be the case, right? Yeah. Whether people move away, whether people pass away due to one thing or another, or just we go on separate paths because mm -hmm. we're not on the same chapter anymore. Oh, and yep. that's, yeah. Losing friends because of your invisible disability hurts in a very special way. Yes. Yes. Especially when you thought you thought one thing and you were com given completely different information after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have had friends who are just like, I can't deal with your pain. It's You're just too much for pain. me. It's too much for me. I, I just, I can't be around anymore. Yeah. And it's a very much, well, yeah, I live this every day. How do you think I feel? I'm really glad that you are setting your boundaries and what you need. I am not the problem in this case, though. No, I was going to say, you weren't burdening them with pain you were just this is what it is and this is what i can and can't do and yeah because it was constant like well i keep inviting you and you never come out to things and i keep like asking you to do this stuff with me and you never can do any of this stuff and we're just n i never get to like talk with you or do anything with you anymore and people are like uh yeah because i have to figure out if i can get out of bed today or not it's not I have a personal to... thing 
Yeah, I have to figure out if I'm going to be able to sit up long enough to have a meal. Or if I'm going to have to eat my meal lying on my side and hope that I don't choke and then need the Heimlich maneuver, which is so going to cause so much more pain. Oh, my God. Oh, forget it. Yeah. And another thing that we had touched on that is going to be in a future podcast is living with a disability, especially chronic pain and the PTSD around it. That one's going to... That one's going to hurt, and I'm going to ball. I'm going to cry a lot. Do well with that one either. No, no. We we actually... It's it's still visceral. It is still palpable, and it's still very much on the surface. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Do, I'm already yeah. doing that little like uh uh-huh, that little stare off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that'll be an interesting one that day. Mm-hmm. Um. But a necessary one because I mean, much like, much like any of these conversations, I want them to be as honest as possible because what the hell are we doing this for if we're not to be as open as we're comfortable being? Which in my case and I believe in yours is is to share something even like that if it if it helps. Very often, we forget how stories from other folks can really help um, us understand that other people out there understand. So I find it to be, you know, really important to tell these stories. And I'm glad that we have this, you know, sort of forum to do it in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, it's you know, a, um... you, you agreed to do this this journey with me. Mm-hmm. A validation of your own journey, mm-hmm. and knowing Which, that you're not a hundred percent alone. Right. Which is important as a human. I mean, we're social creatures. I mean, I, I know you know not everybody desires that, but enough do. Where I think it's important to again have these open conversations, as you know, mm-hmm. as, we, as we are. And can I ask a favor of you, friend? Possibly, yes. Um, do you mind plugging where our podcast is going to be available and what it's yes. called? Our podcast is Back Pain Pals, um, all three different words, Back Pain Pals, and it's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, um, Samsung Podcasts. Um, you know, let me go t- uh, here. Fill, fill some time. Let me check the, uh, let me check the, yeah. the, the feed here. So we were talking about this offline as well. Um, Sid and I both agree that like this is very much a joint effort. Uh, I really love, so for those of you who are here visually in, in Twitch and watching the stream live, I love Stardew. This is sort of like my bread and butter of the thing that I love to share with my community and stuff like that. And I wanted to bring this in as a place where we could sit down. So I go, I, I do all this decorating and making it look pretty. And making sure like it looks nice so as you can see all these cherry blossoms are flying all across the screen and it looks really it's a nice it's lovely visual thing so while you're listening to us you have at least something to look at while we're literally sitting down we've got some coffees beside us we have a blueberry cobbler and we're just having a conversation which is fantastic i i this was totally your idea and and your labor of love and you did such a great job putting this together and for anybody on the podcast side again if if you know i know if twitch isn't everybody's thing but if you're at least curious and you'd like to check out what it looks like um you can see it on uh my friend ellen d's channel here www.twitchtv.com 
wait, twitch.tv uh, forward slash lesbian next door. It's very cool. It was a really mm-hmm. great idea. Mm-hmm. And then for the podcast portion of it, I well beyond my skills where Sid thankfully has some experience with it. And I, and I love that we are able to have our own strengths together in this in this adventure. A hundred percent. I'm very and grateful for that. I am. I really am, too. Uh, compliment each other well. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to tell you who it's submitted to, it is on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, um, Google, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. It should be up on Apple probably by the end of next week. Excellent. Yep. And, of course, live here on Twitch as well. I mean, you know, yeah. on the next one. Because I think the next date we're, we're tentatively planning is the 24th, since we're going to do this every two weeks. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 our game plan. We're hoping to do this once every two weeks. Also, again, to make sure that we're listening to our own bodies and giving us time to, like, decompress from sitting and talking about this. Yeah. Because much like conversations you know a lot of these are very challenging and then you know draining stuff coming up which i guarantee is going to challenge both of us so Mm -hmm. yep i think we did it my friend what do you think i think we did it as well i was just like okay i'm i'm starting i'm not at my tolerance yet oh that's (laughs) actually okay before we really really go that's a really important one as someone who lives with a disability listening Mm -hmm. to your tolerance Yes. And checking in with yourself. Because that's part and parcel of the spoon theory. Is being like, okay, I need to take a moment. How many spoons do I have left? All right, I've got this number. Right. Do I have enough to do this thing? Or will I go past my tolerances? Right. And that's a constant check-in. And even that check-in itself is exhausting to do. It's exhausting, and I get and, and I I feel resentful towards it. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. We right. could do and a again, whole podcast said, about yes. resentment, <laughs> right? Absolutely, because there are definitely times being like, I just want to do this thing, okay? Gosh. <sighs> yeah, just growl at it, and like the full on like outward growl <laughs> is the best way I could describe it. Mm-hmm. Of just, I want to just do this bloody thing. thing Let yeah. me get it done. Ugh. Yep. So and checking in with yourself. Yes. Yeah, checking in with yourself is really important. And again, making sure that you don't go past your tolerances. Because when you do, there's this awful cycle that you can get in. Being like, you're starting to feel a little bit better. And you're like, oh, hey, Great. I have a little bit more energy. Let me do this and this and this and this. I've and never this done that. I don't this know what you're talking about. This and then you crash. Yeah. And you crash hard. And then you're out for a few hours, for a few days, for a few weeks. And, and it you start to feel sucks. a little bit better again. And they're like, oh, hey, hey, I'm starting to feel better again. Oh, I can start doing this thing and then 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 and the crash. And that's essentially I mean, that's pain becomes pain management becomes a lifestyle in the end, right? I, I am not sure there's a better way to describe it. It is a complete lifestyle, not of choice. Right. It's not one you would aspire to, most people, myself included. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it is indeed a lifestyle regardless. Yeah. 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 
That is a, I hadn't even thought of it that way, but yeah, I, I can definitely, it's, it's a, um, there's, there's gotta be some more texture to add to that in terms of, uh, of, uh, words. It's unchosen lifestyle, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm with it. The lifestyle that you would not choose for yourself or your friends or even your say, enemies. If I was going to say one. anybody. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not wishing anyone pain. So. Yeah, exactly. Nadia, that's a very, very good one. Ah, yes. I want to be born with a uterus that doesn't function correctly. Yes, please. Exactly. I. That sounds amazing. Where's the line I, for that? Yeah, exactly. Or, or the like, you know what? Migraines, those sound like fun. Bring them. Bring them all. Let me have all the different types of migraines that there are available. And pain I want Pain in my all head so them. bad. I want, I can't. You know, I can't see or pain yep. in my head so bad that I can't eat food. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that cheery note, I, yeah, I think now we did it. What do you think? Yeah, I think now we did it. Um, <gasps> All right. So I think, yeah, for our next podcast, uh, we are floating the idea of talking about PTSD and chronic pain. Yes, I think I'm. I think by then, I think it'll be good. We'll probably have to have some conversations uh, offline. In of between, course, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Just I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. All right. And okay. I I think another one that we can do later on is definitely even just setting boundaries, healthy boundaries. Could be one. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because being able to talk with people so they understand what it's like to live with chronic pain is the start of then being able to set healthy boundaries with people. Yeah. And like an easier way of doing it in that though, I am going to rate it out. Okay. Well, uh, podcast community, thank you all for joining and listening. Take care again. Um, we will do, we're going to upload these every two weeks. I'm going to schedule them out for, the so that we're live on uh, LND's uh, Twitch stream on Sundays around what would you call it 2 p.m. Eastern EDT yeah right um, on Twitch and then the following day the podcast should be available on all of those aforementioned platforms. Mm-hmm. And thank you again. Thank you for choosing to spend your time here with us. We really appreciate that in a very. Very, ah, I'm losing my words. Yeah, it's okay. definitely time to end the stream because I'm starting to lose my words. That's another one. <laughs> losing your language losing when your pain is getting worse. Yeah. Right? Because that's pain brain fog. Pain brain brief. fog. Yes. Pain bra- oh, that, pain, that's wow. another one. That's pain a tongue fog. twister. Pain brain fog. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I don't love it, but I love, I love the term. It's, I heard it on the radio at one point where... Um, someone was talking about living with chronic pain and I was just like, Oh my now. Right. My now. Thank you very much. Yeah. I thought that was a very, a very good way to talk about it. It's one, uh, I think the individual had fibromyalgia. Okay. And fibro brain is definitely, definitely a thing. Yeah. You know, I, I actually have heard of that before. Yeah. A friend of ours who had it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's one I'm, I'm. I'm unfortunately I'm really glad I don't have because it's awful. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, fibro fog be... is the worst for okay. sure. I've seen it. Here's something. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get into a whole other topic, but I'm just going to throw it out there because it's something that's come up. The comparison to other things. Yeah. One of the many things that I do is I diminish everything about the stuff that I go through because it's not, I say to myself, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not dying of this. So it's just pain. Get over it. So mm-hmm. maybe that's something that we can wander through in another uh, podcast. Yeah. I have definitely said more than once, oh, it's just pain. It's fine. Yeah. You're not dying. Come on. Stop. Like, what are you, you know, okay. So that's something said, good. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely said that to my spouse before and the look of just like <laughs> sadness. Yeah. I would yeah. laugh because it's true, you know. Yeah. All right, friend. I will let you wrap up stream. Have a yeah, wonderful rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to spend your time here with us. Everyone who is here on Twitch, as well as everyone who is here in the podcast. Time is really precious. And I am glad that I get to choose to spend my time here with you, Sid. You are a very important person to me, and I adore you. Thank you. Same is true. For you my friend i am honored to be your friend and uh yes i appreciate the time we spend doing this all right now go go do all right goodbye <laughs> okay goodbye <laughs> now they're being all sappy bye all right, it's gross. All right later <laughs> all right friends let's transition this over and again thank you all uh, i know this format is a little bit different from what i do when i'm doing my stream However, thank you for being here with me on this adventure. I know who we're going to raid out to. It's one of our EBGG members. They are a lovely individual. They're playing some Phasmophobia. I'm just going to get a quick shout out to them. Here are the socials. Sid has already said my raid message, but I'll do it one more time. Aw, the gay face, I loved this stream, even though it wasn't usual. Thank you. It it was a big chance for both Sid and I to do this, because it is something that is completely outside of the norm for streams in general. Like, this is definitely not one of the streams that we would do normally. And the fact that all of you are still here and enjoying this, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you so much. We are going to be reading out, though... And I will say, uh, the one trans gamer, thank you for sharing your community. Uh, We are rating out right now. It is the end of the podcast. I hope that you had a good time today. And thank you for sharing the people who are important with you. Um, It's great that uh, you connect um, guys in this way. Someone with fibro and other invisible disabilities. It was wonderful. Oh, the gay face. I'm really glad. Hobby just gets told to lose weight instead of uh, being helped a lot. Yes. That's Somina. That is another one that that I also get as someone A who is a woman and B who a woman who is overweight. It definitely makes it so much more difficult depending on who I'm seeing. And that's definitely another one that we can talk about uh, at another date. In the meantime, all of you gals, guys, and non-binary pals, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I hope that you get a really good night's rest and that you wake up to a beautiful morning. Thank you for choosing to spend your time here. Please be good to your hearts. Grab that raid message 
and we will head over to Bali K. John and send some love over there. This has been good. I, I'm really glad that I do this podcast with Sid. I know I was being a little mushy before Sid left, but I'm allowed to be mushy now too. Meeting Sid has been a wonderful thing in my life. And I'm grateful, grateful for this friend who I don't know what their knees looks like. And that's an inside joke and that's okay. And that's okay. All right. You take care. I'll be back on Monday. I'm going to be playing some Stardew Valley with Everset on our Evergrow farm. Should be a lot of fun. And we will be back to our regularly scheduled cozy chaos. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Still waving at the screen and that's okay. Bye.